On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Cybertruck has a big physical improvement coming soon via an over-the-air software update. Plus, Panasonic is cooking up improvements to Tesla's stalwart 2170 battery cells used in the Model 3 and Model Y. The paint colors on the Model S and Model X are no longer free and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you for the January 21st, 2024 episode of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This one is episode 442, and I would like to start this week by giving a shout out to Rob Maurer. Now, some of you may be familiar with Rob. He ran the Tesla Daily podcast for the past six years, and Rob did an incredible job. He just announced this week the end of his podcast because he is starting an investment firm, which is awesome. So I wanted to salute Rob here at the top of the podcast for six years of fantastic podcasts. I mean, I think he and I didn't really compete, if you will. Certainly, we were friendly. We got together and would uh, talk at Tesla events because he was focused kind of more on the financial investing side of Tesla. And I'm kind of focused more on the the news and, and and just kind of the almost radio show. It's like they're just two different things. So, you know, I was always happy to see Rob do well and, and see him succeed. And I mean, I guess if you wanted an analogy, maybe he was the Daily Show with Jon Stewart and I'm last week tonight with John Oliver. I don't know. But in any case, Rob's a good dude. And uh, I was surprised to see his announcement but super happy for him. I wish him the very best on his very big, bold new chapter. And I have no doubt, based on his success with Tesla Daily, that he will be incredibly successful with his new venture. All right, as I get into this week's Tesla topics, a quick reminder for next week's episode, it's earnings week, which I always look forward to. So next week, look out for my quarterly earnings call recap highlights analysis episode that I always do. It's always a hectic week to get the podcast ready, but it's always fun to break that earnings call and that shareholder letter down for you and get that episode out. Now on that earnings call, I expect we will hear about how the Model Y was the best selling car in Europe for the entirety of 2023. I mean, not surprising it's been on that trajectory, but now that it's actually happened, just celebrate it. Wow. Congratulations to the entire team at Tesla on an incredible achievement, an electric vehicle, and one that's not cheap, mind you. I mean, it's not expensive. It's not like a luxury price, but you know, it's, it's not the Toyota Corolla level, which is you know the number two selling car in the world. It's much more money than that. So huge achievement here by Tesla, the Model Y, number one seller in all of Europe for all of 2023. Hey, here's a strange little thing as I get this week going. The new Model 3 is not eligible for referrals. In other words, you cannot buy the new Model 3 with a referral code 
And thus, you can't get three free months of full self-driving with your order. And I wonder why this is. I mean, is it because it's too new? Meaning that Tesla expects the demand on the new Model 3 to be high enough that they feel like they don't need to offer a referral incentive? I mean, you can definitely say that about the Cybertruck, which also isn't eligible for the referral program. Although that's an entirely new vehicle, not a refresh of something that's been around for six and a half years. But I guess that that must be it. It's the only thing I can think of is that they just feel like the demand is strong enough on this refresh that they just don't need to offer the incentive. I do think eventually, though, it will happen. I think eventually the new Model 3 will be eligible for refer for referrals, pardon me, but not here out of the gate. Uh, thank you to the couple of you who corrected me this past week after last week's podcast. It turns out Giga Shanghai is still producing the Model Y in Midnight Silver Metallic and Multicoat Red, despite the fact that that very same factory makes the new Model 3 in Stealth Gray and Ultra Red. Thus, you can still get those legacy colors in China and also wherever Giga Shanghai exports to, the model exports the Model Y to specifically such as Australia and New Zealand. I guess I'll be curious to see if Tesla decides to update those two colors at Giga Shanghai soon, or if they're gonna live on all the way until Model Y's Project Juniper Refresh, which as you heard a couple of episodes ago, will kick off out of that factory as early as the middle of the year. Although personally, I expect it's probably gonna end up holding pretty close to the Highland timeline, meaning an official launch near the end of Q3 this year with first deliveries in early Q4. Again, that's my own speculation. Just looking at what happened with Highland, we shall see if Tesla goes any faster than that. Uh, one other quick thing as I warm up as well, I missed on last week's show the fall 2023 community voted new supercharger locations. And shout out to my friends north of the border in Canada, you guys showed out for this vote. This was announced by Tesla on their own Tesla Charging X account. The winners are five Canadian sites that will all be opening soon. Montebello, Quebec, St. John's, uh, Baie Como, and I'm almost sure I'm mispronouncing that. I apologize. That's in Quebec as well. Um, oh, sorry. Let me back up. I am conf I'm confusing provinces for uh, cities. So... Montebello in Quebec, St. John's uh, in the Newfoundlands, Baie Como in Quebec, Renfrew in Ontario, and Alds Cove in Nova Scotia. There we go. Took me a second. Uh, I got it. I finally got it right. I'm a dumb American. It took me a minute there. Uh, plus three more in Romania, two more supercharger sites being added in Hungary, three in Japan, one in South Korea one in Mildura, Australia, and as Tesla themselves put it, just for fun, four bonus global sites, two of which are here in the US, one in Pullman, Washington State, and the other in Manhattan, Kansas, plus Peterborough in the UK and Siena in Italy. 
So I want to say a particular congratulations to my Canadian listeners here. It is good to see all of you get some extra supercharger love this past quarter. And a reminder, if you'd like to nominate a location and vote on the shortlist that is up for each quarter's vote, you can go to tesla.com slash supercharger dash voting slash overview. Next up this week, some not so great news here. Tesla is once again charging for paint colors on the Model S and Model X. I want to say thank you to Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt, who flagged this one. His Twitter account, his X account is where I first saw this. So it's basically reverting back to the old pricing structure. Pearl white, deep blue, and solid black will cost you an extra $1,500 if you'd like to order an S or X in any of those colors. Ultra red is $2,500, and the pretty brand new stealth gray is the quote-unquote free color that doesn't require any extra fee on top of the base price of the car. Unfortunately, as Sawyer notes, he says, this means that in the U.S., if you get a Model X long range in any other color than stealth gray, the car will no longer be eligible for the $7,500 federal point-of-sale credit. Yes, that is sad but true there. Of course, we all knew that making all of the S and X colors free was a demand lever, but perhaps those free colors were just a demand lever that Tesla decided to pull last fall, not to necessarily pick up overall lagging sales of the S and the X, but just because it was in service of the larger overall delivery goal of 1.8 million cars across the board for the entire year. So it was a nice three months if you were able to get an SRX order in in that time, particularly if you transferred your free lifetime supercharging if you had it on an older SRX, if you took advantage of the transfer option there on the lifetime supercharging as well. I mean, I think this would seem to suggest that we shouldn't expect any further price cuts on the S and the X. Now, that's not a guarantee, certainly, and maybe I'm stretching my logic a bit too far there, but I think it's a reasonable hypothesis. If they're putting the colors back to a paid option, it's probably an indication that the base prices of the S and the X are not going to be going down any further anytime soon. Also, on that note, and I've probably said this before, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but uh, now that this little experiment, if you will, is over, I'd really love to get the data from Tesla on what paint colors S and X buyers chose when they were all free. Because I saw a chart on this for the whole of 2023 across the entire automotive industry recently. Grayscale colors dominate U.S. car sales. People overwhelmingly choose white, black, gray, silver, just, you know, something on the grayscale uh, spectrum over any other color in the United States. But with most automakers, including Tesla, the grayscale colors are either the no-cost or the low-cost paint options, which means that people might be voting with their wallets rather than with their true paint color preferences in their hearts. 
Now, Tesla, again, leveled the playing field for a little while there. And so I would be very, very curious what people chose when money wasn't a factor with regard to paint color. And I suspect that ultra red probably over-indexed. That probably would have been either the number one choice or the number two choice, given that it was both brand new uh, and also beautiful. And I guess a third thing that people knew it was normally quote unquote expensive, right? A $2,500 additional paint option, the most expensive paint option that Tesla offers. But still, I would really love to know that data if, uh, you know, if, if anybody, if I have any like investors, analyst people that listen to the podcast that are going to be on the earnings call next week, could you please crowbar that in as your follow-up question that you get uh, on the earnings call? I would just love to know that. Speaking of paint colors, I made them the subject of this week's Patreon poll. I said, what's your favorite current Tesla paint color? Now the Tesla's rolled out two relatively new colors, Stealth Gray and Ultra Red, to all four painted Teslas in North America, finally freshening up the color palette a little bit. I wanted to know what your favorite current Tesla color is, and you all were near and dear to my own heart here. A whopping 44%, a dominant win for Ultra Red. 44% of you voted Ultra Red, Double, just about double the next most popular choice on this poll, which was Deep Blue at 23%. So curiously, in in my poll, the poll of all of you, you all bucked the trend of, of grayscale and you chose the, the actual colors <laughs> outside of the grayscale spectrum. And again, maybe that was because there was no money on the line here. I did just ask your favorite, not necessarily which one you would pay for, but 44% voted ultra red, 23% deep blue, 18% with the new stealth gray, just 7% with pearl white, and 5% solid black coming in last place with uh, 5%. And then another 4% of you voted none of them. I would, will, or did wrap my car. Thank you to everybody that took, to, took the time to vote in this week's Patreon poll. Again, you can do that every week on my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Podcast, And the poll is free every week. You do not have to be backing me on Patreon in order to cast your vote. Next up this week, one of my favorite segments is back, possibly for the penultimate time. That is the NACS Coalition Report. I should have had like a jingle or something put together for this. It's too late now because we've done them all already, except for one. We'll get to that in a second. So uh, Mazda has signed on to the NACS Coalition. I saw this this week on Drive Tesla Canada, who wrote, one of the last remaining holdouts has finally agreed to adopt Tesla's North American charging standard, Mazda announced it has reached a deal with Tesla to add NACS to their future electric vehicles. Mazda did not say which of their EVs will be the first to include an NACS charge port, but last year they announced plans to launch up to eight EVs before 2030. So first up, welcome Mazda. And second of all, I say to Mazda, I hope you make an EV soon. 
I know there's technically one out right now, and I don't recall off the top of my head the the model number. It's like a it's like an alphanumeric thing uh, that Mazda likes to do. But I do remember that 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 EV has like genuinely pitiful range. Like it's like a come on guys kind of situation. So uh, at least. I mean, it's good to see Mazda sign on to the NACS report, to the NACS coalition, I should say. Although, I mean, let's be honest, they didn't really have much choice. I don't want to take away, again, I'm I'm applauding them, though, if we're being honest, they kind of didn't have much choice. They basically had to do it, or else if they didn't, they just might as well not make any EVs in North America, right? I mean, I think that's pretty fair to say at this point. And if you're wondering why I said penultimate at the top of this segment, it's because there is still one last big holdout. You all know who it is by now. I pick on them a lot, but I think it's pretty warranted. And that holdout is Stellantis, parent company of Dodge. And what I just said about Mazda applies to them too. They basically have to adopt NACS at this point or else they might as well just not even bother making any EVs in North America, which maybe that's their plan. Maybe they might just do that, but I hope they don't go down that road. I hope that they are going to electrify and they're going to do some awesome EV muscle cars. They are well positioned. If they just embrace it, I know maybe the the general stereotype of the Dodge buyer is one of a, you know, of a of a real petrol head, right? But if you show them that an EV charger, for instance, an EV challenger, how quick and awesome that would be in a straight line down the drag strip, I think you'd win them over. I really, truly do. And and I think, uh, I think they'd be embraced. Those cars would be embraced. Maybe, you know, there'd be maybe a little bit of a transition, a little bit of a, of a resistance by those customers at first. But once they, you know, it's butts in seats, right? Just like with Tesla, just like with most EVs, butts in seats, drive the car and it will win you over. All right. I hope all of you kindly backing me at that ludicrous tier or higher on my Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which was about my Cybertruck stainless steel care tips. Now, don't worry, I promise I will do this again here on the regular podcast for everyone once general production starts, but uh, I know that uh, some of my Patreon backers are expecting Foundation Series trucks, and uh, I've kind of had Cybertruck stainless detailing on the brain recently with the clip I played you last week from Out of Spec Detailing, so I, I just did a whole spiel on it for Patreon this week. My stainless steel care tips for the Cybertruck. If you, and by the way, that was my 80th lightning round mini episode, 80 of them now, which is pretty cool. That's a lot. That's a lot of extra content there on Patreon. So if uh, you see it in your heart, if you feel like I have earned your support, you can go onto my Patreon page found again at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And if you join at that ludicrous tier, which is the $10 per month tier, you will not only get early access to each week's episode, but you'll get access to every single one, the whole catalog of those 80 lightning round bonus mini episodes, plus 
all the new ones that I do each and every week. All right, next up, let's get to the proper Tesla news, starting with Cybertruck. Could the Cybertruck be coming to China? Well, maybe, but probably not really. So Elon Musk responded on X to Ray for Tesla, who is a Tesla fan and tipster who I've cited on this podcast before, particularly as it pertains to Tesla China stuff. Anyway, Ray tweeted Elon about a rumor that Cybertrucks were coming over to China for display adding that he and plenty of other Tesla fans and owners in China have Cybertruck reservations and would love to see the vehicle sold there. Elon replied to Ray saying, quote, getting Cybertruck road legal in China would be very difficult, but we could ship some prototypes over for display. So that pretty clearly sounds like, no, we won't be selling them in China, but we'll send over some to help people help get people into showrooms to help sell some more Model 3s and Model Ys. I think that's that's probably the best translation of that Elon tweet that I can offer, which by the way, makes sense. Not only because that's exactly what Tesla's been doing with Cybertrucks in North American stores to get more people in the door, but the effect might be even more pronounced in China as I think the Cybertruck might subjectively be even more alien of a vehicle over there because they're not used to full-size pickup trucks, nearly the way that full-size pickups are, are a thing here in the U.S. And if indeed Tesla does this, if they send over some Cybertrucks and put them in showrooms over there, and if it proves to be a success, read sales of Model 3 and Model Y get a bump, well, then I wonder if Tesla might repeat the experiment over in Europe, where the Cybertruck, again, is probably also never going to be sold for road legal use. I mean, I do think that everybody, every Tesla fan, no matter where in the world they live, should at least get the opportunity to see the Cybertruck, even if they can't buy it, because it really is a different animal entirely in person versus in photos or videos on a 2D screen. So I'm all for this. In fact, uh, I'll give you a little example. Just last night, or well, yesterday afternoon, I should say, it was still daylight out. I was driving home, uh, I was coming up the freeway, and I'm in the, the lane two, second from the left, and I, you know, I just check my mirrors every few seconds, and I look in my uh, driver's side wing mirror, and my side view mirror on the driver's side, and I see the unmistakable light bar of the Cybertruck. And then as it got a little closer, you know, as traffic moved up in that lane, it, it was it was just clear. It's this, you know, it's this, the silhouette, seeing that thing on the road around all the other quote unquote normal cars, it is, it's absolutely insane seeing it on the road at all, but seeing it on the road next to other cars. So, Man, it is just, it is cool just to get to see it. So I hope people in other countries get that chance. Speaking of the Cybertruck, the headline story this week, it's turning radius. That was what I was hinting at at the very top of the show. It's turning radius will be improving soon. Elon Musk took 2X to respond to a post that had tested the Cybertruck's turning radius against the Ford F-150 Lightning and found 
as is today, that the Cybertruck's turning radius was 9% better than the F-150 Lightning's. Elon's response to that, quote, we have further improvements in the works to tighten the turning cycle significantly, end quote. Now, I believe he's referring to something that I think Lars Moravi may have mentioned in one of the interviews from Cybertruck launch week, either when the, he was on with Sandy Monroe or when he was on the Top Gear video. And that thing that he mentioned was that the rear wheels on the rear wheel steer turn three degrees now, but are going to go up to 10 degrees in a future update. That, I think, would definitely satisfy the significantly portion of Elon's post there. Also, I guess it is worth practically and realistically pointing out that 99.9% of us buying Cybertrucks will probably have this update on our trucks when we take delivery, so it'll just be the norm for us. We'll have never experienced it at 3% where it is now. So yeah, there, there will only be a precious few of you out there who will even know what it was like when the rear wheels, quote unquote, only turned 3%. Uh, next up this week, Panasonic, longtime Tesla partner, is gearing up to unveil an upgraded version of the 2170 battery cell, which could help reduce the price of the Model 3 and Model Y. I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, according to Shoichiro Watanabe, Panasonic's chief technology officer for EV batteries, the upgraded 2170 cells are expected to enter production either later this year or in 2025. These cells will be produced at Giga Nevada, a facility jointly operated with Tesla. In an interview with Bloomberg, Watanabe says this new iteration of batteries promises improved energy density, which could lead to a reduction in the overall cost of Tesla's EVs. To help meet the demands of Tesla, Watanabe emphasized Panasonic's strategy is to increase battery capacity and enhance productivity simultaneously. This approach aims to optimize manufacturing without the immediate need for new factories or significant investments. By the fiscal year 2025, Panasonic targets a 10% increase in manufacturing capacity through more efficient use of existing systems. Panasonic is keeping with its long-term goal of quadrupling production capacity from the current 50 gigawatt hours to 200 gigawatt hours by the year 2030, but that will require building new production facilities. The Japanese tech giant is already building its second US plant in Kansas and plans to announce a third plant's location by the end of March. Well, this would appear to definitively tell us that Tesla plans to continue using 2170 battery cells in at least the Model 3, but probably the Model Y too, wouldn't you think? I mean, Tesla stopped producing the Texas build uh, Model Y that uses the structural battery pack and the 4680 cells. That was the all-wheel drive standard range. By the way, if you've got one of those cars, congratulations, you've got one of a myriad variety of unique variations of Teslas out there that I like to refer to as Tesla unicorns. 
And we haven't heard a thing lately about the progress on the 4680 battery production plant in Giga Berlin. So I think it's very possible that the Generation 3 car, which will be built in Berlin, along with Mexico and Texas and probably Shanghai too, will utilize the 4680 cells. In fact, I'd be willing to bet an In-N-Out Burger lunch on it. Trust me on that, because guess what? The reason I like to make In-N-Out Burger lunch bets with my friends is because win or lose, I get to eat In-N-Out Burger. Anyway, um, <laughs> perhaps Tesla has decided to take an if it ain't broke, don't fix it strategy with the Model Y with regard to which battery it uses, given that as we all know quite well by now, the Y is the big money maker for the company, at least until the Gen 3 car ramps up. And then the Model 3 as well certainly brings in a ton of cash for the company too. And thus, perhaps, if my hypothesis is going anywhere correctly here, perhaps 4680 plans for Berlin, which had been intended for the Model Y, will be for the Generation 3 car instead. And then in Texas, of course, all of the 4680 cells, at least for the time being, are going to be going into the Cybertruck. Now, this certainly, again, if I'm correct, and it is a big if, it certainly wouldn't be unprecedented for Tesla. It would have been fair to, I think, to hypothesize, and there's a good chance that perhaps I did so on this podcast at some point, that the S and X were going to switch over to the 2170 cells back once the Model 3 got ramped up in, say, 2018. Now, that, of course, didn't happen if it was even ever planned, and the S and the X have been on the 18650 cells their entire existence. Granted, the cell chemistry of those 18650 cells has been improved multiple times over the years, which is exactly what Panasonic is cooking up for the 2170 cells now. Anyway, all of this is to say... I got to try and get Drew Baglino on this podcast at some point because there's so much to learn and understand about not just Tesla's battery efforts themselves, which are arguably the backbone of the entire company, but also their thinking and strategy around battery cells and which car gets which, which cells as well. So maybe someday I'll be able to get Drew in here. And finally this week, Tesla is launching new adaptive headlights in Europe, but they only apply to the new Model 3. Saw this on Tesla Roddy, who writes, Tesla is now rolling out the adaptive headlights for Model 3 Highland with the software update version 2024.2, but it only applies to the vehicles in Europe, at least for now. The release notes state that these new adaptive headlights will, quote, adjust to reduce glare for other drivers and cyclists, end quote, and that they will still enable better visibility at night for the driver by dimming certain pixels of the headlight. Quote from the release notes, the high beam now adjusts to reduce glare for other drivers and cyclists by detecting other road users and selectively dimming individual pixels of the headlights. The high beam can remain on longer, enabling better visibility at night, to turn it on, go to lighting, adaptive high beam in your vehicle settings, end quote. Uh, the change was first started, spotted pardon me, by user Draken on the TTF forum, not a Tesla, via not a Tesla app. First of all, I want to say congratulations to my European listeners who own the new Model 3. It's only been out over there for a few months. And this is just awesome that you're getting these adaptive headlights. 
It should improve visibility and safety for both people inside the car and outside of it as well. It's just, it's all good. I mean, Tesla was clearly thinking ahead as they do with the Shanghai built Highland Model 3s, knowing that they'd get to this point where they'd be able to put a software update out and utilize it in Europe where it's legal. Now, if you're curious, to the best of my understanding, adaptive headlights are recently legal in the US as well, but there's a catch. So when I looked into this, I found a New York Times story on this from February of 2022, which is right when it was approved by NHTSA. And the New York Times story reads in part, the federal government approved the use of adaptive driving beam headlights, bringing the United States in line with a standard that has been in place around the world for decades. However, the ADB system allowed by the federal agency will not be identical to those used in the rest of the world. While the infra pardon me, infrastructure bill called for the standard approved by the Society of Automotive Engineers, you may know it as SAE, which is similar to the system used in most other countries, the agency modified it, citing in its 326-page rule a Supreme Court decision that gave it the right to do so. The problem, according to one lighting expert, is that while U.S. vehicles can soon be equipped with headlamps that use dynamically reshaping high beams to prevent glare, their light output still cannot exceed the standard set in the 1970s, which is a fraction of the light intensity allowed globally. Quote, Adaptive hot driving beam technology in the rest of the world can increase seeing and reduce glare to a greater degree than what NHTSA has specified, said Daniel Stern, chief editor of Driving Vision News, a technical journal about global vehicle lighting and driver assistance systems. The U.S. has left in place an ancient cap on high beam intensity from the late 1970s. It's a regulatory island, said Mr. Stern. So, uh, yeah, that stinks. 1970s standards... That seems not productive for anyone, especially when we're talking about safety. So we'll see what the Highlands headlights can do here in the U.S. once the first deliveries of the new Model 3 happen any day now here in the U.S. All right, your phone calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Ride the Lightning is brought to you in part this week by Oracle NetSuite. Business owners, tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Your business gets to a certain size. The cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You do not have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000 is the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25 is what Net, uh, NetSuite turns this year. 25 years old. 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So, 
you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins, everything you need, all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com lightning. That's netsuite.com lightning to get your own KPI checklist, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash lightning. And don't forget about my friends at Accelerate Auto and their X-Care extended warranty coverage available for any Tesla, no matter whether you purchased it, if you purchased it from Tesla new, you purchased it from a family member, a friend, another dealer, doesn't matter, you can get that X-Care policy for your Tesla which can go up to 10 more years and up to 125,000 miles after your factory warranty is up, but it's customizable. As I've told you, I have a three-year, 40,000-mile extended coverage policy on my car, so customize whatever works for you, which can include now the recent addition of the battery and drivetrain policy, which you can add on to a regular bumper-to-bumper X-Care policy, or you can just get the battery and drivetrain policy on its own. If that's all you really want to focus on and just get that covered on your car, since as we all know, that is the most expensive part of the car, is the battery pack, you can do that. So if that is of interest to you, head on over to accelerateauto.com slash xcare, and don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your purchase. That's xcelerateauto.com slash xcare, discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your purchase. And that brings us to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you can call in and potentially be featured here on Ride the Lightning. There are two easy ways to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, and then email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible. Or you can take that same 90 second or less call and just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's super easy. You can do it anytime, 24-7. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give, give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put them onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up this week is Daniel from Chico, California. Hi, Ryan. This is Daniel Green from Chico, California. I wanted to call in to discuss the naming of the Foundation series for the Cybertruck. I have heard some confusion about why it's not called the Founders series, as it would be more typical. And I have a theory. My theory is that it is named after the Isaac Asimov Foundation Series sci-fi books. Um, So just wanted to throw that out in case uh, anyone hadn't heard of those. 
Hi, Daniel. Yes, I believe you are 100% correct on that. Apparently, Elon himself is a big fan of those books, so it makes perfect sense. I mean, heck, the Cybertruck is basically science fiction itself, right? Come to life. Plus, you know, the other thing that calling it Foundation Series rather than Founders Series does is eliminate that unwritten expectation that there can only be a thousand of them. Foundation just means, okay, I mean, yes, it's the reference to the books, but it can also kind of literally mean you're in at, the, in at the foundation, in at the ground floor of Cybertruck production, if you will. And to that end, there can be as many Foundation Series trucks as Tesla is willing to sell, or as maybe more accurately as, as people are willing to buy for a hundred plus thousand dollars without altering the traditional Tesla meaning of founder series, which has always meant a very limited number. Now the next gen roadster, whenever those finally get built, there is a one, there are 1000 founder series versions of those planned. And there have been in the past far fewer than 1,000 Founder Series Model S's and Model X's. In fact, the numbers of those, to the best of my knowledge, date in the dozens. Like, it's a few dozen, three, four dozen Founder Series S's and X's. Now, the Signature Series S's and X's, I guess I should back up a second, too. Founder Series S's and X's really, for the most part, could not be purchased by the general public. There were a couple of exceptions, but other, otherwise you really had to be an insider of some sort, uh, an employee or a, or a you know, VIP investor kind of thing. The signature series, S's and X's, those were, for the general buying public, those were the first uh, the next thousand after after the however many few dozen founder series there were and the signature series S's and X's, there were a thousand of those each as well. So sorry for the little kind of mini history lesson there, but uh, thank you for your call on that, Daniel, and illuminating me on the foundation origin because you're absolutely right. It ties right in to Elon's sci-fi uh penchant for, for Asimov's series there. Next up this week, here's Joey from Ohio responding to the factory tours story that I talked about last week. Go ahead, Joey. Good morning, Ryan. This is Joey from Ohio. Uh, I've called in the past, um, but I wanted to respond to your question about factory tours in Austin or Fremont and the loot box credit. I 100% agree with you. Uh, if you're like me and you live in a state like Ohio, they have special rules against uh, getting basically credit for referrals. And so even though I've referred to at least two different people to buy Teslas, uh, I'm unable to get any of those credits. At least that's what I've been told. Um, and therefore, I'm pretty much blocked from ever having a chance to do uh, a factory tour, which I would love to see. I'm a STEM teacher. I think this would, information would be uh, valuable to, you know, all of my students. And that's something that could help further uh, Tesla's mission moving forward. So thank you for all you do. And uh, I love the podcast. Listen to it every, every morning as I go to work on, on Monday. Thank you and have a great day. 
Joey, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate you bringing up these state restrictions because I admit that I completely forgot about those. But you're absolutely right. There are some states where these kinds of prizes are not allowed. You're not allowed to redeem them or claim them for whatever weird legal reason. Like how, maybe I'm just dating myself here, like back in the day, you'd you'd hear about giveaway, like big giveaways on TV commercials where it'd be like, not valid in Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Ohio, or, you know, whatever it actually was. And quite frankly, it's not fair to you that you can't get a tour, even though, even if you get the two referrals, that just stinks. And I know that Tesla could pass the blame to state legislatures on that and say, well, those states should change the, the laws. But, you know, you raise a, a good related but somewhat separate point, too, and that is Tesla should absolutely do tours for teachers and students. And in fairness, maybe they already do, and we just don't hear about it in the public. But if they don't, they absolutely should. So, Joey, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. Next is a regular caller, Gil from San Diego. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan, Gil from San Diego. I hope this finds you well. I wanted to let you know on the December update, one of the things that I found using the most is the Apple podcast app. And it's one of those things I do listen to a lot of podcasts in the car. I traditionally just hooked up my phone to it and it worked fine or or used TuneIn. But man, I've used it so much and the uh, connectivity between that and the app on your iPhone is remarkably good. I've been walking uh, in a in a in a mall, listening to a podcast. I get to my car, turn on my car, and the podcast picks up right where I had left off on my phone on the app. So it's just been a great um, addition uh, to at least our experience. One other thing that would be great, since we have now Apple Music and Apple Podcasts, is Apple TV. I think that's the the missing link uh, for those of us uh, deeply in the Apple ecosystem. Hopefully, there that's coming soon. Gil, thanks as always for your call and for relaying your positive experience with Apple Podcasts, both in the car and in the cloud. I'm just so happy to hear that it works the way we all want it to, right? Smooth handoff between devices so that you can always pick back up where you left off, whether you're hopping in the car or you're going out for a dog walk with your iPhone. And hey, good call on Apple TV Plus, by the way. And being realistic, I have to imagine that Apple TV TV Plus in the Teslas won't be too far behind now that Elon and Tim Cook seem to have smoothed over any X-related advertising beef that they had for a hot minute there. I mean, there are lots of great shows on Apple TV Plus, and it would be even more useful in the car than ever now that the S, X, Cybertruck, and new three, the latter two of which are really going to start to get out there over the next year or so, all have that second row screen for watching streaming services. Thanks, Gil. Next up is Doug in Pueblo, Colorado. Hey, Ryan, Doug in Pueblo, Colorado. I had called a few weeks ago trying to get help with a problem with my frameless windows and also mirrors where they would get stuck in colder conditions. And I think I solved the problem, and I might pass along what I learned. I got on one of the Model 3 Facebook groups, and somebody mentioned puddle lights. And apparently, the control circuit 
um, for the windows and mirrors actually goes through the puddle lights, you know, those lights on the bottom of the door frame. It's kind of weird how it's set up. Um, but this person suggested either replacing the puddle lights or swapping them left to right, right to left, so that, you know, if it moved the problem to the other side of the car, you knew it was a problem with the puddle light and you can replace it, which I went ahead and did. And in doing so, I noticed that um, the wiring on the left side, um, the wires kind of are almost just too short to even make contact. And um, the contact was kind of loose. Now, what this has to do with cold weather, I don't know, but I swapped the lights um, and also clicked the wiring back into the light and got a better connection. And it seems to have fixed the problem. It's been over a month now. I've driven it in all kinds of uh, winter conditions, including the recent polar vortex. And I've had no problems. So I would suggest to anybody having problems with uh, frameless windows or mirrors, um, check the bulbs on the puddle lights and also just check the connection. Um, Anyway, hope that's helpful for someone else. Talk to you later. Doug, thank you very much for calling in and sharing that fix. Unorthodox, though it might seem. And, you know, I really do appreciate you following back up with me so that we could share that knowledge that you've gained with your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts. I do genuinely thank you. And I thank everybody that kindly took the time to call in to be featured potentially here on the podcast Uh, There will be more phone calls to come, of course, in the weeks. Maybe not next week, if I'm being honest, because next week is the earnings call episode. I usually do not have time for phone calls on those, but certainly we'll get back to phone calls very soon. So if you'd like to call in, maybe in response to something that you've heard me talk about, something you've heard another caller talk about, or you've just got a question, feel free to dial in. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment. But I am not done yet. Stick with me for more Ride the Lightning coming up right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. As for what's going on with me and my car, last weekend we were lucky enough to have the three-day holiday weekend. And on the Monday evening, so the the very end of that three-day holiday weekend, I spent two hours detailing my car, cleaning the heck out of it. It had just been filthy and covered in grime after a lot of recent rainstorms that we've had. Now, is it supposed to rain this weekend? It absolutely is. Is the car probably going to get wet and dirty again? It most certainly probably will. I knew that at the time I'd looked at the weather forecast, but it had just gotten to that point where I was like, I can't leave this grime on it any longer. I've got to just get it off. So I did get to enjoy four days here of clean car, which it makes me feel good. And I cleaned it inside too. Just, you know, got to vacuum it out. I I will say, um, I've had the all weather floor mats in my car since I think about maybe the first Christmas. Cause I think my wife got them for me for, for a Christmas gift that the first year, 2018, when I had the car, you know, I took delivery in July. So Anyway, yes, I had the the carpets in there for a little while, and I've had the all-weather floor mats in ever since. And and even though we don't have anything 
serious like snow here. It does it does rain a lot in the wintertime. This is our rainy season. And I have to say, I've been really, really happy with the all-weather floor mats. I would imagine that at this point, after five and a half years and 60,000 miles and all the winter rainstorms that we get, that my carpets would probably be getting kind of beat up, unless I just really clean the heck out of them on a regular basis. The nice part about the all-weather floor mats is you don't really have to clean them very often. I think it's just every once in a blue moon, I'll go ahead and like really give them a proper like wipe down with a sponge to kind of get the dirt out. But most of the time it's just vacuuming up the, you know, little debris and little grit, sand grit and everything that gets on there from that comes off your shoes. But all weather floor mats, definitely a fan. All right. How about a pro tip of the week? It comes from Chris in Hawaii. This is Chris from Hawaii with two pro tips. The first is for parking in a tight spot. I have to park exactly 15 inches from the front of the carport. When I tap the accelerator, I often overshoot the mark, and then I have to back up and try again. So I made a profile called Carport, which is in creep mode. Now instead of tapping the accelerator, I tap the brake, and I almost always hit 15 inches on the first try. The second tip is for sleeping. We live in a tsunami evacuation zone and have to be prepared to flee on short notice. I tested sleeping on a pad in the back of our Model 3, but it was bumpy and claustrophobic. Then I realized the front seats are more comfortable than first-class airline seats, and people sleep on those all the time. So I created a profile called Sleep. The seat is as low as it goes and slid all the way to the rear. The seat back is fully reclined, and the steering wheel is pushed all the way in and raised as high as it goes. We use pillows folded in half under our feet and mini pillows in the low spot under our necks. And we cover up with twin-sized sheets so we won't feel exposed in the Walmart parking lot. We store the whole setup under the rear trunk. I wouldn't recommend this for a cross-country trip, but if someone needs to sleep in their Tesla for a night or two, this might work better than cramming into the back. I hope these help. Hi, Chris. I think these are both fantastic pro tips, so thank you. In fact, I would go so far as to call them Tesla life hacks. I'd say great thinking on both of these. I very much appreciate you taking the time to call in and share them with me and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners so we can all put them to good use. Thanks so much. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please do call in and share it. I'd love to hear from you. You can call in the regular Ride the Lightning Hotline methods, the two ways that I told you about a little while ago. All right, before I hit the road, time to mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you at some point, starting with abstractocean.com, offering that 15% off coupon code if you're a new customer ordering for the first time. That coupon code is RTL Podcast, all one word, no spaces. Again, that's good for 15% off of your first order. Whether you want to grab a fourth generation tempered glass screen protector, that's a, that's a popular one for them, which uses aluminosilicate glass, which is the same stuff that Corning uses for their Gorilla Glass. It's got an antimicrobial coating on it. It is custom fit for the Tesla center screen. So that's a, that's a big one to consider. 
If you want to do the rear footwell lighting kit, particularly for, I think that's particularly awesome for Model Y, just because the those front seats are on risers, so you get the rear footwell lighting kit under there, and it really kind of kind of classes up, just adds a little extra luxury touch to that uh, second row. So that's another option. The drop-in cup holder stabilizer, just all sorts of stuff. Head on over, just see what they've got. AbstractOcean.com. Click on whichever Tesla you own, and that will filter everything that's available for your vehicle. Check them out. Next up, Snap Plate and the new Snap Plate Plus. It's a bit of a tongue twister. I have to go a little slow on that one sometimes. It's available for the 3, the Y, the X, and the S as well. Coupon code on that, that's new. The coupon code's RTL. The website to go to is everyamp.com slash RTL. Don't forget the slash RTL. This is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds. A nice, clean, minimalist design. Make those fix-it tickets go away if you live in a state where you are legally required to have a front plate. Maybe you just want to have one on. That could be certainly an option as well. If you're going to put one on, whether it's by choice or by law, I do genuinely, truly recommend the Snap Plate or the new stronger Snap Plate Plus. Both have their signature minimal aesthetic. Both are made from recycled, made-in-the-USA plastics with stainless steel reinforcements. So again, get yours at everyamp.com RTL and use the coupon code RTL. If you are considering solar for your home or business, do keep Budget Safe Solar on your short list of companies to consider. You can check out their website at budgetsafesolar.com. They now offer home battery storage, including the Tesla Powerwall, as part of their uh, solar installation options. So, you know, if you've if you've got that interest, if you if that's uh, an itch you want to scratch, give them a, give them a try along with some of the other, you know, price it out everywhere. Budget Safe Solar ended up working out for me because tomorrow your neighborhood may have reached its circuit capacity and may not be able to handle another customer supplying that aged infrastructure until repairs are completed. Who knows when? Don't get shut out because you thought that that unattractive roof had another year left in it. Visit them today at budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do end up proceeding with an installation, use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections, wonderful Bay Area-based detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. So if you are here or plan to be here, that is the place to take your car. And I guarantee, actually guarantee that you will leave happy when you pick up your finished vehicle. Whether you're doing paint correction to bring out all the best in your paint finish, whether you're doing ceramic coating so that you don't have to worry about waxing the car or worry about any sun UV damage for the next three to five years, whether you're doing paint protection film on some of the car, all of the car, what have you, you're gonna be happy when you are all done with Immaculate Reflections, go to their website, irdetailing.com, to see more and to get in touch with Jeff, the owner and proprietor there at Immaculate Reflections. A uh, friendly, oh, and don't forget the discount. Uh, mention that you're a listener if you're going to book in some work there, and Jeff will kindly extend you the Ride the Lightning listener discount. 
Also, I'll mention one one more time. Maybe I'll give him one more week after this too. So, oh, actually, I guess I should back up. Jeff did take delivery of his new Model Y, and he's been texting me a lot, which is great. Like, I love it. He loves it. Like, this is, he's had countless Teslas in his shop, including mine, but he's never owned one. This is his first time owning a Tesla, and he is head over heels in love, which I just, I love to see it, because Jeff is a, a privileged individual in that he gets everything in his shop. He sent me, in fact, let me see if I can pull it up. I know I'm, I'm like dragging this promo on, but you know, I'm, I'm just being genuine here for a second because I do want to share this with you. He was texting me and he sent me a picture uh, of his, of the cars in his shop. Where is that picture? There's a bunch of Model Y, but here we go. So in his shop right now, besides his own Model Y that he's doing PPF on, he's got a new Model S. He's got a beautiful, uh, I don't know, like electric blue, maybe Porsche 911. There's a new uh, Z8 white, beautiful white Corvette. There's a classic Volkswagen bus in there. There's, let's see, that's his car. Oh, and a, a chalk gray Porsche Taycan as well, which is, that is the EV that I really want to drive. I've never, I've said this before. I'm sorry. I've never driven any Porsche. Their, their reputation precedes them certainly. And I care not that I would turn down a chance to drive a 911, but the Taycan being the EV that they make, it's supposed to drive awesome. I would love to drive it someday. Anyway. uh, So Jeff's shop just filled to the brim with awesome stuff, including now his own new model Y. And he is trying to sell uh, the car that the, Model Y replaced, which is a 2022 Chevy Bolt EUV Premier with the sun and sound package. It's got 21,000 miles on it. He says the full charge is rated at 247 miles. He bought it new in October of 2022, so it's not even a year and a half old. He says it's in pretty much perfect conditions, no issues, clean title. Uh, it's, it's got PPF on it. Obviously he installed that himself. So you're getting, um, a very, uh, professional PPF installation on that. He's asking 25,750. The MSRP originally was just under 36, 35.95. So if it's of interest to you, go ahead, go ahead and reach out to him via the website, irdetailing.com. And I've now got Daisy, the boxer who sometimes gets a little, I wouldn't call it separation anxiety, but she is. She wants to be near me. I've got the door closed while I'm recording. She is literally clawing at the door. Let me open that. Come on in, Daisy. <laughs> Please stop clawing at the door. Let me finish the podcast, pups. All right. Uh, PureTesla.com. If you need a good, reliable dash cam and sentry mode kit, Pure Tesla is the way to go. Go to PureTesla.com slash RTL. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Forty-nine bucks will get you the one hundred and twenty-eight gigabyte kit. Sixty-nine dollars will get you the two hundred and fifty-six gigabyte kit. So again, the website puretesla.com/rtl. Uh, my Patreon—I mentioned it near the top, but let me kindly, if you'll indulge me for a minute here, you can find it at patreon.com/teslapodcast. There's a link in every episode description. But uh, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That is the way you can voluntarily choose to support what I'm doing here with Ride the Lightning. This 
has always been, will always be a free podcast, but it does only continue by virtue of your kind support. So uh, if you feel I've earned that support, I would be humbled and grateful if you would visit my Patreon page. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month. And for that five bucks a month, you'll get the early access to each week's show. If you step up to that popular $10 a month tier, that's where you get the early access to each week's show and the 80 and counting lightning round bonus mini episodes that I do exclusively for Patreon each and every week. The support tiers continue up from there and the perks and rewards stack as you keep going up. So uh, check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. And a friendly reminder, there is a seven-day free trial option on that $10 per month tier if you'd like to just test it out. Take it for a test drive, if you will. And if monthly, if you don't really want to do a monthly subscription kind of thing, but you do want to support me, there is an annual option where you just pay once for a year of support. And if you're kind enough to make that commitment to me, I try to say thank you by offering you a 10% discount on that pledge, whichever tier you're at. So thank you so much for your consideration on the Patreon front. You can follow slash subscribe to this podcast on pretty much all the major podcast services. We talked about Apple Podcasts on this episode back in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. So glad to hear that that works super well in the cars. Most of you listen through Apple Podcasts, and I'm glad that's now an easy thing to do in your Tesla. But I'm also on Google Podcasts, I'm on TuneIn, I'm on Spotify, and I'm on YouTube Podcasts as well. If you are looking for me on YouTube, you can find the in every single episode of the podcast. It's audio only, there's no video to accompany it, but... Uh, and then there's a there's a couple of videos just from over the years, like my Cybertruck test ride and a, a few little one-offs. But by and large, it's it's an it's audio only. You know, you're so. If, but if you do want to listen to it there on YouTube, just search "Ride the Lightning Tesla" on YouTube, and you should find me pretty easily. Finally, uh, my referral link. If you are purchasing anything but a model, new Model 3, sadly. If you're buying a Model Y, Model S, or Model X, and you want to get that three free months of FSD with your purchase, you have to order with a referral link. So if you don't have one and you need one, you're welcome to use mine. To use it, type in ts.la slash Ryan73014 into a web browser on desktop or on your phone. Hit enter, and that will take you to a landing page on tesla.com that'll say, you know, Ryan's referral, pick which car you want, or if you're buying something new out of inventory, you can do that too, and configure your car, lock it in, order it, and the order will be placed with that referral bonus baked in, which means upon delivery, you will get the three free months of FSD. You can follow me on X and or on Instagram, I have the same username on both. That username is DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime. My Tesla email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I think 
That'll about do it other than saying a hello and thank you to the Plaid Maximum Plaid and Roadster in Space tier backers. Thank you so much to the Plaid crew. I'll start there, the grandfathered in Plaid crew. Thanks to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers, who are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, contact1callcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalen, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Finally, an extra big shout out to the Roadster in Space tier backers, the top tier of the Patreon. Big thanks to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from Near Philly, and Kristen Rumble. That will wrap it up for Ride the Lightning episode 442. I'm really excited for the earnings call next week. We'll see if we get any interesting Cybertruck tidbits with regard to production and deliveries and how things are going, how the the production ramp is going on that front. Maybe we'll get some kind of clarity as to how long the Foundation series is going to go for. Again, I it seems like they're going to go through the entire reservation list and sell a, sell a Foundation Series Cybertruck to anybody willing to pay six figures for it. I might be wrong, but that certainly seems to be what they're doing so far as they're still scaling up the 4680 Cybercell battery production and still scaling up the manufacturing side with the truck at uh, Giga Texas. We'll see, but hopefully we'll get some clarity on that on next week's podcast. But in the meantime... I wish you all happy electric motoring. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with me and and, uh, enthuse about all things Tesla. That's what we're all here to do. We all love these cars. We all love what this company's up to. And I do appreciate your time 
it is not taken for granted. For a, yeah, now snoozing Daisy the Boxer puppy, she is curled up. Zelina, the future service dog, who sadly we are going to be saying goodbye to in just a couple of weeks. Um, in fact, it's on a Friday and I'm going to be coming back from what's going to be kind of an all day thing. I actually took a day off from work because it's, there's, it's, it's a couple hours north of here to the, to the headquarters. And there's a whole like matriculation ceremony that I'm sure my wife and I are going to be, uh, welling up. There'll be some, there'll be some waterworks going on that. And I'll be maybe a little bit of an emotional wreck, but not in like a bad way. It'll just, you know, be bittersweet. She's going off to hopefully be a service dog, but I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna be kind of sad leaving, even though she's you know it's sad for a good reason. She's gonna she's you know we've hopefully done her proud and served her well and set her up for success. But uh, yeah, we'll see how how I'm emotionally holding up when I go to record that podcast in uh, in just three weeks' time. In fact, it'll be three episodes from now. Anyway, happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here for the earnings call episode next week. I mean, I think a Tesla it's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.